was on TV. He was on TV. Um, and he was a black man, and I was surprised that because that he was black. And then I can see why he had the highest, one of them had the highest job that a black had ever had. Mm -hmm. Or was hired in one of the highest positions. And what, and what, on what, a, yeah, but what was it he said? I was here working, doing something, and I didn't hear all of it. I wish I could heard all of it. So that means a whole lot to a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, status. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about whites, but I do know that uh, the same. It's, uh, it's the same. Just different statuses, different times, yes. different things. Um, back to Jefferson Bank for a minute. I feel like I'm skipping around a little bit, but the hiring of those two or three people mm -hmm. uh, was a result of the core experience, yes. correct? Uh, and the late, the word when it was uh, demonstrating mm -hmm. on, on the floor, on the ground. And uh, how um, how did that work out? Did they keep those people and? Yes, because there's one girl who uh, now is at the Commerce Bank. Uh, I sent her there, and she stayed there for several years. And and just recently, uh, I think she would have been there, but she had family trouble. Mm -hmm. She and her husband, and the husband had was working there at the bank. But, uh, and then they have, uh, but they're not as visible at the Jefferson Bank, the blacks, as they are at the Commerce, I mean, uh, where do I bank? Centere Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Centere Bank. And they're quite visible, they're down there. But, uh, now, uh, Jerome, Dr. Williams, was his wife, did his wife work for Sam Klein also, or she? I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. I didn't know that she had was working. I, I mean, a so, long time ago. Long time ago. Um, I don't, I don't remember. Like, I've got that, that's something, okay. Um, what am I not asking you up to this point that you think is important about the Urban League? Well, I think that there's some, um, it isn't, this doesn't have the same oomph that they did when they had the old staff, you know, the people who were the first ones, because everybody this girl, and this girl, and this one were high school graduates. Everybody else here college trained. And that's a And this is in the 1930s, this picture? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a fine-looking group of people. You don't. You don't. Uh, and they're you don't have very modern-looking. Yes, they're not. Aren't they? They're not. They're not 1930s. This was. This was done on at night, uh, 29 or uh, 3000 block of Delmar. Yeah. Just eat just west of Garrison. And I think that the, we don't have the same, they don't have the same feeling as they did years ago. Mm -hmm. And and they lost that feeling. I don't know when they lost it, that feeling. What was the feeling? Um, I don't know whether the person who, everybody who is trained now, education, has that education in, in various uh, fields, they want to go into, first thing they'll ask you, what's the name of the company? And if it's a big company, you know, oh, Anheuser-Busch, oh, I want to go there. Uh, they have lost respect for, you know, uh, for instance, social agencies, to take jobs with social agencies. And I think that they need some redirection uh, on working with uh, uh, civic and uh, community uh, programs. You're talking about your, what you're doing now? Yes. Okay, so you're counseling uh, blacks and whites, right? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're talking about just the generation. Yes. Uh -huh. Not just black people, you're talking about no, everybody. No, everybody. Well, I thought you were talking about, at first, the feelings of the people who were in the Urban League that, that were working in the Urban League. Well, they don't have the same quality. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about not the people who are looking for jobs. I thought you were yeah. talking about the people who work there. Yeah, that's who, uh -huh. okay. The same quality of quality person. Quality of person. I think that uh, if they can, if uh, some kind of uh, uh, program or something to, and I don't want. I hate to say that, too. So. It's been said, though, whether it's been the Urban League or the NAACP, other people who I've talked to, so don't feel that you've said something uncomfortable uh, or uh, unpleasant about that. I'm it, saying that because I talked with this, the, uh, there are several who are still working mm -hmm. at the Urban League when I was there, uh, uh, who said, oh, they'll say, really, when you were here, and so and so was here, and she's—they're uh, uh, just a few of us who uh, went right on through. Also, you—you you all tell me about because I mean I—I I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but 
the times that you were doing every everything is a struggle for you know it's still yeah. a struggle but you were opening doors then was there a sense of uh, excitement or or victory when things would happen when you got somebody placed yes. I mean it, yeah it, it was you, uh -huh. had, you had your rides home in the car but you also had a great yeah. I would imagine a, sense of satisfaction or yes. I don't know if that's what you want to what yes. would you call it you, you, you that's you're hitting it right on the head because you were really doing things doing things and and people were it was happening uh, mm -hmm. slowly all over the country but it was and it's but you were making it happen yes. and uh, I've been to several of the uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was, let's see, must have been Urban League, and I was the one who got that thing started. Uh, Clerical School. Talk about it. Uh, what year are we in, approximately? at Sheldon Memorial. Do you know Sheldon Memorial on Washington Avenue just west of Grand? Grand, yeah. Well, are we in the late 40s or the 50s? Our, our 60s. Could oh, be either one. Okay, well, then just talk about it and maybe it'll tie it in somewhere. Um, at that time, we had a lot of people coming in, a lot of Africans coming mm -hmm. in, who were high school graduates, some of them senior or junior college students, uh, a graduate of the junior colleges, mm -hmm. who were looking for, quote, high-level jobs, you know. Mm -hmm. Secretaries and whatnot, and uh, and we had students, I mean applicants, who were interested in some of those jobs, uh, but they needed some um, training. Training, and I went to. Mr. Bohannon was at the Urban I talked with him, I said, you know, I think we could make more placements in with our people if we had more who are trained and can get some refresher training in the clerical secretarial line. So he said, uh, well, that's right. Well, we'll talk about it. Now that might have been the, in the fifties. Was and he head of the in, Urban League then? He was head of well, the Urban we'll League. We'll figure that one out. And uh, he um, called me one day. Must have been three or four years later. Okay. Maria, I have a uh, some money. I want to 
put it on some kind of training that you were talking to me about. I didn't forget. Brought out a letter, a piece of paper, this color, where it had turned from white to yellow. Oh. <laughs> um, and he said, uh, you uh, sent this memo to me. Mm. And I have, uh, he had five or $6,000. And he said, uh, we'll put it in, uh, in the bank and I want you to start it, I want you to develop it. I said, oh, me and my big mouth again. And I couldn't type, I had a hunting pet. I, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about, you know, typing and shorthand and all of that. So, uh, I got a teacher from high school, English, who was English teacher, somebody from high school who was a math teacher, and then a uh, clerical person from high school, I mean, uh, who could do uh, clerical jobs. And uh, these were high school teachers that uh, I called them in, I picked out the ones I, you know, that I knew that their qualifications and I said we have no money I said we got some money for equipment only uh, and we had we went into the prices of uh, typewriting tables or desks and typewriters I went to well I had Union Electric Anheuser-Busch Monsanto Chemical um, uh, all the big companies I went to and got a donation, a loan of typewriters. And I think I had went, we got 20 desks. Well, the room that we had it on the third floor mm -hmm. at the Urban League down on Garrison Avenue. Well, no, no, wait a Well, I won't know. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, any, uh, and I told the teachers that I had no money, but I was trying to get some volunteers who would be willing to come in and teach. Did you, have you run across a man's name by the name of, uh, he was one of them. Well, uh, we had a meeting and we got the, uh, got the equipment, had the equipment set up with the typewriters and all and had them in that one night at the at the building one night to, um, and it was on Garrison Yes, we had all the teachers in that we were going to have and they just thought it was, oh, this is fine, you know, this typewriting room, you know. And uh, they made out their own lesson plans, you know, what we needed. One girl who taught shorthand mm -hmm. and shorthand uh, uh, typing and clerical. Uh huh. <coughs> and the school was 
started and we made announcement of it, you know, in the news, in the Argus, and the news that uh, there was a uh, clerical refresher course being offered at the Urban League and uh, at no cost to them. And uh, uh, the teachers decided, you know, how long it would take, you know, the course should run for one group and then the next group can come in. So that's what the way we ran it, like that. Now that was in... How was your response? Great. And how was the response? They still have it. Mm -hmm. No. They still have it. You really did a lot, Marie. And that is, was my pride and joy. I would really. imagine. Because, um, uh, and uh, and I had no idea that it was going to be going this long. And what I did, now the first money that I got, I had to go on a money-getting tour. Mm -hmm. Of course, I picked out all the large companies and the people who had the money. And Southern Product was the first company that uh, uh, donated towards this. $58,000. It is. And then three years later, he said that he didn't feel that he could contribute anymore. And this would be his last year. Still here, and he's still going. <laughs> he's still contributing? He's still contributing. And the school is going. Uh, the well, you're the talking about the son. Son and product. Son, but you're talking about the son, not the father. Did you start with the father? I started with the father. With the father. Yes. Yes, started with the father. Mm -hmm. and now the son is running. Yes. Uh -huh. And the son is giving. Yes. <laughs> uh -huh. And point. um uh when I um when I talked with them about it, um I was just so surprised I when uh, it's still going on. The man that I chose to be the director of the school was teaching at Mercy High School out in the county. And he quit that job to take this job because we had money now, getting the now money he, every year. He's black. He's black. So then this had to be after uh, in the late 50s or 60s yes, because uh -huh. Uh -huh. if he was at Mercy, Mercy was a white high school. Yes, uh -huh. well that's where he was um, uh, teaching at Mercy High School and he took the job as director of school. Mm -hmm. the, he died about three months ago and the person who took the job, his job, is a girl, young lady, that I placed with the, uh, uh, that I had as a shorthand and typing teacher. Mm -hmm. And she was, all of these teachers who were there, uh, who, uh, who are still there, are, uh, they've been upgraded to those positions with pay. And um, 
Joan Hollingsworth is the director of the school now. And one thing, uh, she was afraid she wasn't going to get it. And I wanted her to get it because she had been there all that time. And uh, even from the beginning when they weren't paying anything. And she had a job at uh, Sears as a clerk at Sears. And then I gave her, I sent her on a job at Marritt's out in the county on, what is that, Outer Drive or Outer Lane or something. And she's still there in, uh, uh, in the evenings. And she still directs the, uh, the, the uh, clerical refreshers course, that's what it's called. Did, did you ever have anything to do with teachers, the hiring of teachers? Or? In the school system? Mm -hmm. No. no. <coughs> um, is, is there something about a Highland story? Is that Highland? I've got that in my notes. H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D? Uh, well, that's what I wrote down. Sam Klein. When I talked to him, he said, you have a leather scrapbook? Like this? Probably. I see it over there. Um, That's the one the Urban had made and gave to me when I retired. Okay. <coughs> um, something about, oh, in the Globe Democrat, that was the article. Okay. Yes, I'm still looking, but that stuff has to go downstairs. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't know about the highlights. I'm looking over my notes right now. Okay. Uh, how would you say that the jobs changed? From the 40s and the 50s, what what's what was 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 there any difference in the job? Well, all all the jobs are. Well, for instance, if it's a company, they're asking for juniors and seniors to want somebody who's a 3.0 or better, and with grade point. And uh, I'm talking uh, about we're talking about back in the 40s and 50s. 1940s and 50s. Yeah. Not now. Not, no, oh, I you're see. You're not at Umsel. Oh, We're yeah. back down in the 1940s and 50s. Could you see it, the difference in the in what people could do? Yes. What Negroes could do mm -hmm. in the 50s, and the jobs that were open to them, rather than the 40s. And can you tell me about that? Well, uh, they were beginning to hire them in uh, uh, jobs where they're tra training jobs as manager uh, uh, manager training programs. Mm -hmm. uh, high school graduates or some with uh, two year, at least two years college mm -hmm. in management training, yes. There was a difference uh, uh, from 40 to 50. And, uh, but I wonder about the um, the sincerity of companies sometimes when they call in. And uh, when did the uh, uh, civil rights thing? When did, when when was that? Public accommodation. Common, uh -huh. That was in 64. 64. 
Well, it was during that time that um, uh, the job specifications, job requirements, build up. Oh, then you had to, yeah. You had to be more more qualified, qualified. more trained with more training, more work experience, and that type of thing. And they're still with. Uh, uh, they've gone ahead. At when they first started out, they said nothing about a GPA, but now it's all GPA, but at least 3.0. Well, we're talking about, okay, but the, the 50s we're talking about. Um, one thing, one place we forgot, uh, maybe, was Woolworths the status? Yes, yes. Yeah, because they were, uh, they, Woolworths in the, on uh, Linda Boulevard and on uh, uh, Martin Luther King, now it is, but there was a big East. Woolworth, Eastern Avenue. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was the status thing because we had a young man named, I asked if you had run across his name, see, uh, he worked with us for a while uh, doing Norman the late Say? Norman Say. Okay, I haven't gotten to him yet, but he's, uh -huh. I mean, I've talked to him on the phone, but I haven't uh -huh. interviewed him. Tell me, tell me a little bit. What is your... Well, he's, um, he was the uh, uh, forerunner, uh, and he's the one at the... Of what? Of Silver Woolworth oh. and getting the people for you know for Woolworth and and uh, the, uh, developing job developing and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Did now did he do that for the Urban League? Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, he has just did come he work back. with you? Yes, he did. Uh huh. He. And there was another He's one. He's just too. a little bit younger, though. Then I? Uh -huh. Yes. When were you born, Marie? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can tell you, for the sake of the tape, who's ever listening to this, Marie looks about 20 years younger than she's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, uh, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. You're right. Um, well, and you might have trained Norman Say. Well, uh, we uh, we had some appointments, t you know, together. I guess maybe you could call that training. But um, he's still in there fighting. Yes. Yes. Um, as things became, as you went from domestics and um, janitors into the other kinds of things. You did your office expand, mm -hmm. and so you had to put on more people. And though, um, we had to expand. As a matter of fact, when I left there. And during the time that I was working on a lot of these, we had uh, uh, about maybe close to 200 people on staff. 
What about defense workers during the war? Did As you a matter? Yes. Okay. I had some, had a lot of that. As a matter of fact, I was offered a job out to the center, out on Goodfellow. What was that? What was that? The small arms? Small, small arms. Small arms, uh -huh. plan? Yeah. Right. Tell me about. I didn't take it. Uh -huh. at, uh, but it was, as a matter of fact, that during that same time, a lot of companies that uh, was doing, working on, and had defense projects, you know, uh, mm -hmm. defense contracts, rather, uh, uh, called us to, you know, help screen people for them for certain types of jobs. Well, so. I'm looking for someone who was a domestic in those days, if you mm -hmm. can remember somebody, and also somebody who worked in a defense plant. So if your memory serves you and they're still around, I that would be very you nice know, to I have. You know, I know a teacher who, she's a retired teacher now. Mm -hmm. She was the one that asked me to come out there on a part-time basis. Mm -hmm. uh, said, uh, Did she work in medicine and defense? Uh-huh. Well, I'd, I'd like to have her name after we're finished, or if you want to give it to me now. Uh-huh. What is her uh -huh. name? Marthina Bonham. Marthina? Marthina. M-A-R-T-N-I-A. Bonham. B-O-N-H-A-M. H-A-N. Maybe we'll... Alright. Now, she worked out on Goodfellow. Now, what her job was... I don't know. Yeah, she could have been in an office. She could have been in an office, mm -hmm. or she could have been, she wasn't in the plant, I think she was in the office. I yeah. think, I don't mm -hmm. know. Okay. Um, so you placed people in, the, in defense yes. work? Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. I mean, would you get a call from, give me an example. Well, who was director well, of, uh, of employment out there, whoever yeah. the person was, mm -hmm. would call me and say, I, I need this. And sometimes they would ask me uh, uh, if I had time to come out and they'd, you know, talk with me about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would go. Did they ever come to you and talk to you in your office, or did you? Yes. Uh -huh. Both. Okay. How about, uh, did the influx of people during the war, maybe from the South, when they came up here, did that? Uh, That's the reason we had to expand and get people on the staff and our budget went up uh, to where we didn't have any money to pay, and we had to, uh, but they did, they had some lawyers on the staff, you know, on board, mm -hmm. who worked out, uh, uh, programs and things that they, how they could get some more funds in. And, they now still have about a hundred and some on the staff. When you started, who was there? You and these people. Just no, but I mean in your department. Oh, um, uh, Jefferson Miller, John, David Essex. Oh, well, he was a business manager. Yeah, no, I just mean the and job the part of it. Job part. Mm -hmm. Jefferson Miller, Elise 
that person. So there were three or four of you, maybe? And myself. Mm -hmm. Three or four and of you, now there are a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that, that was when you... Okay. Um, after the war, and the defense plants closed down, mm -hmm. changed. Mm -hmm. We had an influx of people again, people. right quick. Mm -hmm. And they were wanting higher paying jobs. Influx of what kind of people? The ones that are coming home? Coming, yes. Uh -huh. One from the war and one ones from the plants that slowed down, you know. What did you do with them? Well, we just take, we took the applications and have them stay in touch with us uh, and leave a number where we could reach them, you know. But what kinds of jobs were were available then? Did things... Right then, that, uh, they were asking for people in the office mm -hmm. uh, and those were the type of jobs that were available. And, uh, and the uh, company started uh, doing uh, uh, the work for commercial, you know, commercial jobs, you know, things that uh, turning from the war plants to this, uh, for production, for us, uh, consumer, consumer goods. goods. That must have been a very hard time. For people, it was. It really was. Because you had, uh, of course, you had women in defense plants, and so they could then go back and stay home. Yes. If the men came, yes. it was a lot of juggling, I would imagine. Yes. And I don't know whether the families were thinking about well, this isn't going to go on forever, and what kind of saving they did. Um, you know, when during they the were war? Read, yes, during the mm -hmm. war, when they were getting the money, mm -hmm. and when they, uh, if they were ready for this sudden cutoff. What was... Uh, what what were your biggest problems? If I ask you just throughout those years, if anything just hit you. Well, the big one of the things The biggest problem was to get uh, of have, sending these people on contacts that we had, and uh, the company said, "Well, I'm not ready right now. Not ready to hire." And money was hard to come by, and money that they spent for bus fare and spent for gas, making going on these trips companies had moved out 
of the city to the companies, I mean to the county. Yes. And that meant that it would have to have a car to get there during the war periods and they, they could do it and they could buy a car. But now that they had, to, had lost their jobs, uh, uh, they had to cut back and it was, that was sort of hard to hear and mm -hmm. to see that here I've been getting, I don't know how, how much money, well I'll just say I'm getting, uh, I'm getting uh, $300 a month, now I'm getting 150 and then we had a problem of trying to place these people on a $150 a month job. And then they'd use it up yes. going to work and be disappointed. Uh -huh. Yes. Hard time. Yeah. What, was, what were some of the best times besides your typing <laughs> school, which is outstanding? Yes. Uh, but, well, I guess when when it looked like when it looked like we were making a breakthrough in finding jobs for uh, workers for some of these jobs that we saw in the newspaper, you know, because the newspaper was newspapers were uh, advertising for various types of office people plant workers, and these people who had lost a job were glad to go into plants. And, uh, of course, the whites were first were the first ones they took. And, uh, so when they could fill a position from the newspaper? Yes. They would uh, uh, say, "Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't know why people lie about things." <laughs> We'd be here all day, wouldn't we, talking about yeah. that? Go ahead. What, what, what came to mind? Um, well, we don't have anything right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll call you later. But why would they call in the first place, or why would they ask me to, in the first place to send someone? That disturbed me, has always disturbed me. Do you think they, they meant it when they called and then maybe somebody else They'll said have a record that they can show oh. the government people. Oh, okay. See, these were government jobs. I see. And then, see, they have a record and got the name of the person mm -hmm. and sent by the urban aid, uh -huh. you know. Yeah, and then they could put not qualified. Not qualified. Uh -huh. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Did you know Joseph Clark? Mm -hmm. I, I, I never interviewed him, but I did talk to him on the phone, and this is always stuck in my mind that, that uh, just over the phone I said what was one of the best things that happened, and he said when they took the pictures off the job applications at the post office. Do you, do you know about that? Did that make a difference? Yes. Did, those, can you tell me any more no, of those kinds of things? Though that happened, but I, and see, he was right in, He, I think he worked at the post yes, office. Yes, he did then. And, uh, and uh, it did make a difference. It really did, because uh, 
if they put the pictures on there and then see they don't call them, right. they call somebody else, or they can say, well, I tried to get Jim, Jim Smith, mm -hmm. and uh, I never was able to reach him. This is gonna may seem like a, a odd question, but when you went out to ask for jobs for people that you knew they probably didn't want to hire, mm -hmm. and you really were offering them something that you knew had value, but then you're trying to make them know that there's value there and, mm -hmm. and skill. Did you ever feel like um, we're begging? No, I, you know, I never did struck, strike me that I was begging. No. Uh -uh. How did it, how did it? Oh, I would. Uh, do, you, do you understand my question? I yes. mean, why I'm saying that? Because yeah. you know you've got something valuable to offer them. Uh -huh. And they don't see the, <laughs> for see whatever the value. the value of what you, what you're doing. And it's like. Oh, uh, I, mine. Beating your. Yeah, beating my head against the wall. Right. Um, but you would have to say things sometimes that you would maybe have liked to put in another way. <laughs> well, I would, uh, there, that's where I went to my car. I would. They went to car. <laughs> I, rather than begging, I would get, probably get angry. It was sort of angry after, you, uh -huh. after you left uh -huh. and and said uh, and I could see that the person was uh, really not interested and uh, and they wouldn't stop me from coming back though I'd go back again what and we're on a, an appointment I see an ad in the paper. I watch the papers closely in the ads, one ad, and uh, and I call for an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I'd have the things clipped out, you know, that uh, what I wanted to talk with them about. I'm always went on appointments, so I didn't just walk in yeah. because you have no right to just walk in, you know, without an appointment. But I always had an appointment so that I could, so that I could get in. Where'd you get your strength from? Mm -hmm. That's what somebody else asked me. That said, and my doctor said when I went to him, he said, "Oh, Marie, you can eat nails." <laughs> <laughs> I, now you don't strike me that way. You, yeah, you strike me as a very motivated and determined woman, but but not a hard woman. Not. He's, I'm, he's like very, my, I'm like very, my mother. I think you're very empathetic and yeah. very sensitive. Yeah. I mean, I'm like my mother. And what was she like? Oh, she was the best woman in the world. She was great. My niece came down here and she said, Oh, look at Gaga. When she was a baby, she, we were trying to teach her to say mm -hmm. grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how she got Gaga out of grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a picture of my mother, and so she asked me if I would 
have one made off of it and give it to her. And I did about a month ago, and she hasn't been here to get it, and I told her she had to come here and get it before I give it to her. But she was a dear. People who are close to their mothers are very lucky. Somebody up there, upstairs there, had watches over me. Maybe that's where you get some of your strength. Yeah. Because it takes a lot. I, as I sit here and talk to you, I think what what I what I keep seeing in my mind is it must have been uh, the kind of job that that you would have wanted to get up every morning and go to because there were so many. Challenges. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I enjoyed. Do you know, I enjoyed it while I was working. I would think so. I really did. I never, I never was tired or anything, and I'm not tired now. You don't look tired. Now. You look like you could go right out. And, so you've had. A I'm going to play bridge tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you've had a lifetime of of helping others. Do you ever see people that say, oh, Ms. Williams, every you, day, you gave every me. Every day. And just, today is Thursday, Tuesday, I was at National, right over here on, the one on uh, Lindale. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw the girl standing over that, over about that far from me, and I was talking someone and uh, when I got ready to leave she Miss Williams no she said uh, she because I started working there before when I was single mm -hmm. and my maiden name is Will Byrne and uh, uh, are you the are you Mrs. Williams who worked at the urban league I said I am you placed me on my first job. I said, I did, where did I place you? So she said, uh, at Monsanto. And I told her, I said, uh, I could, I said, your face is familiar, but I can't put a name to it. And she told me what her name was. And I see that every day I see somebody. That, why, you gave me my first job. The man who's executive director of the Urban League they invited me to the dinner, and I wondered why my seat was at the table way up front. And when he started with the meeting, and then he got ready to interview some, I mean, introduce people, he introduced me and had me stand, and said, I gave him, sent him on his first job. Oh. And I said, who else in St. Louis haven't I? <laughs> When you mentioned Monsanto, those companies opened up in the, what, right after the, they, after the war? They opened up really in the, during the fifth, when was the war over? The war was 49. over in 1945. 45. May, May Because I was, I was here.
Oh, you were in the Red Cross? Mm-hmm. Oh, in Marie, Europe. you were beautiful. You're, you're beautiful now. You were in Europe? Yes, for three years. And the Urban League that time gave me a leave of absence for the duration of the war. American Red Cross Services, Military Welfare Services. <laughs> We've got to do That's my mother. Oh, my. I wish I had a picture of my father. I don't have You're darling. There's another one of you. Oh. oh, yeah. I wondered where that was. There it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, it was <laughs> worth my visit. Yeah. Um, I don't think you look like your mother, do you? Mm-mm. I look like my father. I'm just like my father. Um. My brother that just passed looked like her, and my oldest sister, and another. Well, Marie, uh, you were with the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Explain. We know the armed forces were segregated. I just spoke to a gentleman who had been in, in the Negro Air Corps, Tuskegee Airmen. Tell me. My nephew was with that group. Was he? Mm-hmm. What's his name? John Davis. He lives in Kansas City. Oh. <coughs> um, very exciting story. Is it? Oh, yeah, very exciting. Um, <coughs> what was the Red Cross? Was the Red Cross, the, were they segregated? Mm hmm. Would you mind telling me about it? Would you like to stop for a minute? Uh-huh. Have a rest. Should we turn this off yes. for a minute? Okay. We're putting this on the air. <laughs> I'm looking out of Marie's window and her view. We're at the mansion house and her view is the Veeds Bridge, the riverfront, the arch, and we've been talking about it. And she said she remembers when there was nothing here but mud. And she had an appointment with Peabody Cole, and and now it's your, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they the building is the same as it was when I came down here years ago. That black onyx light, you can't see through it. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful building, and uh, I walked through the mud after parking my car to get to the office, and. Uh, Gosh, I've forgotten now what, when it was. It was, I think it was before the parties. Uh, or maybe it was uh, during the parties. Because that's the only building that was down here. Was here? That is here now. Um, and just before I retired from the Urban League. I was invited by Peabody Cole to see their, where they work at the mines. Mm-hmm. And I took some students from my clerical school over there, about six of them, with me. We went through the mines, put on the, oh, the really? helmet and the, uh, all that to regale you and the rubber boots. Mm-hmm and went through the, my under the underground to the mines. 
and it was, and we were just all stricken, you know, oh, oh, but it was really a nice, uh, uh, it was a nice thing for the students, you know, to have that kind of. Before I wear you out, I don't, I, I want to get to this, uh, to the Red Cross. Um, how did you happen to go in and tell me about, just tell me as much as you can about the segregation part and what well, your job the, was? The, um, uh, the Urban League was, has always been involved with things, um, uh, service type jobs, uh, social work. And uh, I was working at the Urban League at the time. And I have uh, had two friends, uh, Sydney Williams was one of the Red Cross workers overseas. He went to Africa. Um, and Gladys Martin, who used to work at the Urban League here in St. Louis. And at the time she went in, she was out in California. And I went to one of the National Urban League meetings and I saw both of them there. And they said, Marie, why don't you come in and, and make an application? They're taking applications today for workers with the Red Cross overseas. And I did. I went to it and put in the application uh, right there in Washington. I was in Washington, D.C. at the Urban League Conference and put my application in and uh, um, I had, uh, uh, they offered me a job. About three or four weeks later, they called me and said that they'd like for me to come in for an, uh, to Washington for an uh, interview. And I went and uh, I went to Washington and they were going to hire me right then. And I told them that I would have to come in and speak to my mother about it because I was living with my family. And, uh, and I would let them know. And I told my friends, you know, oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to Washington. And they said, well, you must be crazy with them shooting air guns and, and all that over there and you going over there. And uh, I let them discourage me. These are friends of mine, and uh, I, a year later, I got a call. One night, I was out to a party, and when I came home, my mother said, "Marie, uh, call operator so and so and so and so." Uh, it's American Red Cross, and I got on the telephone, and they, uh, I, I told them that the, what I, I didn't, my mother was ill and I didn't want to go to Africa. That's where they were going to send me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, so they had, they said that they had a, a good offer, they thought, uh, to go to uh, Europe. And I said, oh, well, I will take that. And I said, my, and they asked me if my mother <coughs> said she was better. <coughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, you're funny. <laughs> and I uh, I accepted. I called them and accepted. 
and went there and I had to go to university. I went to American University and I was in the, in the country about six months at Washington at American University. And uh, when I uh, was in Red Cross uniform, all that, had all the regalia and things. And uh, uh, then I told Mr. Clark, he was there at the time. And uh, he said, uh, well, if you want to go, he says, that's all right. Maybe I can arrange that we can give you a leave of absence during for the duration of the war. And I didn't know how long that was going to be. I said, all right. So I left and went to Washington, went to school, was in the country uh, six months. and. Uh, then my first assignment was at, uh, down here. Uh, was that camp? Well, uh, yeah, uh oh. Down. <laughs> oh, I can't think of it either. Uh, Leonard Wood. Leonard, Fort Leonard Wood. Fort Leonard Wood. That's where I was uh, sent, mm -hmm. to Fort Leonard Wood. And uh, another six months I was still, mm -hmm. I had not gone. And when I left, well, I, I was when I was through, well, they sent me uh, to Washington and then to New York. Uh, I had to go to the Pentagon and get pictured and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it was another six months, and then I was on my way to Europe. And I was there from 43 to 49. And, uh, I was personal. They called me. Well, uh, on the ship, on the ship there were about uh, the white and black. Five blacks and the rest were white. And there were maybe about uh, 30 or 40 in the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we docked in Gork, Scotland, uh, the buzz bombs were just flying around all over us. And uh, we were in black out, you know, with the mm -hmm. drapes drawn. But I wasn't afraid. I when, wasn't afraid. Why not? I don't know. I just wasn't afraid. Uh, I guess the little man upstairs was. It's gonna still watch out for you. Uh huh. Marie, what about the being segregated? Was that? Well, when we first got there, um, we were sent to. The blacks were taken. That's where the picture was made at the Liberty Club in Europe in mm -hmm. London, mm -hmm. and that's where we were to be stationed. And uh, so they, when they got ready to transport us to the Liberty Club, uh, they picked out the five blacks. And one of them, you would never know she was black. She had blonde hair and all. We turned out to be very good friends. 
And so she said, uh, uh, she told the man who was in charge over there, she said, well, I'd like to be with my friends, you know. Uh, and so he said, who, who asked her who it was, and she told him. And she said, uh, she pointed me, she said, my friend Marie, because we knew people from Louisville. She was from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, she knew that I had worked at the Urban League, and her aunt was on the staff at the Urban League in Louisville. Mm -hmm. And so she said, he said, well, that club over there is with the black girls. And you have to be over here with this other. She, she said, well, what do you think I am? And he looked at her. He said, what do you mean? She says, I am a Negro. And I want to go with my friends. And it hurried her out of there. Now, that's my knowing that they were segregated. Yeah. What was your job over there? I was, I was dubbed a personal service director because of, I was a graduate social worker. Mm -hmm. So what did you do, though? Uh, we looked after the um, personal problems of the soldiers, you know. Money has being sent to the family, or uh, trips home to sick mother, or sick father, or death in the family, and, uh, and things like that. Just a social service, what a social service worker would do. How, so where were you stationed? Uh, in London was my first stop. And uh, we docked in Gook, Scotland, when we first got there. And we didn't stay more than about six or eight months at one place. In London, I was over all over the aisle. But you were in England the whole in, time? In England. Okay. Well, then you did have all those buzz bombs. Yes. Yes. They were flying all around us. Mm. Did but you go into shelters? Yes. How did how did people well how did how the English? Uh, well, I had an English woman to say my hair was real long and shiny and black, and uh, uh, I had I we were going to some woman some uh, English girl who was, uh, worked at the club, and, uh, and uh, we were going to play tennis. And I had this tennis date with her. And I went inside to do something in the girl's house. And while I was gone with the girl, uh, this friend of mine stayed out there. Mm -hmm. And so she said, do you know uh, what a soldier said to me when you went inside, and he said, is she a real Negro? And right. so they had been told, you know, mm -hmm. and that uh, that uh, uh, you'll see some black people, but uh, they're monkeys, and they got tails. And they were going around the, with the soldiers, the British girls, pulling up the guy's coat in the back to see, to see the tail. You're the second person that's told me that. And I told him Jews were supposed to have tails. <laughs> <laughs>
And when I told that to somebody, one of my friends the other day, she says, and horns, too. We're supposed to have horns. <laughs> this other man says, I guess they have, they have this thing, the pat story for everybody, yeah. except them. Um, what about the uh, white Americans that were there? Uh, I mean, the, like the other wax. Did you ever see wax? Oh, yeah, we yeah. were with the... How did they treat you? Well, really, actually, the um, uh, the whites 